May the fourth be with you. You get it? For Star Wars Day? I actually thought this was a new joke and that I was just hearing it too much in recent years, but the phrase dates all the way back to this date in 1979 and was even used to welcome Margaret Thatcher into office as British Prime Minister. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast for a special bonus episode midweek celebrating not only Star Wars Day, but also giving some of my more nerdy fans a fun pre-show since the series Kenobi is coming out later this month too. I'm Colton Petrie and my guest today is Austin Wells, leader and operator of Portside Rogues, the Lightsaber Academy. He has over 16 years of experience in lightsaber combat, as well as a mix of other martial arts in his backgrounds. I thought this was a lot of fun to be able to cover a hobby-slash-sport like this, and I hope to do more in the future. Remember, you can always send guest questions, topic suggestions, or any other mixture of those over here to me at dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com. Let us walk in the balance of the force. Was that nerdy enough? Welcome to the podcast, Austin Wells. Hey, how's it going? Going great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Yeah, why don't you uh, give everyone listening a little bit of an introduction to yourself? So I am Austin Wells. I run Portside Rogues, the Lightsaber Academy out in Port Huron, Michigan. Uh, I am a 16 plus years experience in lightsaber combat, along with teaching, flow arts, levy arts, and just any other martial art skill and acrobatic you can really think of. Yeah, so what got you started into all this? Uh, I actually started off as a fencer and uh, I was like maybe three years into fencing and a guy was like, man, you got to get into lightsaber stuff. Uh, these lightsabers, it's becoming a huge hit. It's going to be a big thing in a couple of years and all this. It's so much more complex. It's so much harder. So it's like, all right, I got to try this out and everything. Well, I walk in on uh, into this group and absolutely got my ass kicked sideways and everything. These guys ran circles around me. Uh, there's actually a guy, he did like a side flip around me and got me in the back a couple times. So, you know, I, I thought like, oh, you know, this is more complex. It's way more fun. I like a little bit of a challenge with the sports and stuff that I do. So I really just started gunning for it. And uh, I don't know, it took me about five years to really get any good at it before I started being able to keep up and actually winning some matches. And I don't know, 16 years down the road now, it's uh, become not just fun sport. It's also become like a part of what I do and uh, my identity as a whole. Yeah, no, very cool. How far back does lightsaber dueling go? So lightsaber dueling was a small, fun sport thing that a lot of people did back in nineteen uh, in the nineteen seventies. 
literally two years after the the first few movies came out, they started actually making them. People started making prop sabers and started doing some fun things with it. Officially, it's become an official sport since 2019. And it's rumored to become a Olympic sport somewhere down the road. That would be pretty interesting. Give me a reason to watch it finally. (laughs) Hey, there you go. So what are some of the basic rules? Like if I'm about to walk into my first my first match and I know nothing, what do I need to know going into this? The big difference of it is if you've ever watched um, Pirates of the Caribbean, the very first one, the scene where him uh, or Will and Jack Sparrow are fighting inside that blacksmithery. And he's talking about how if he moves forward, the other guy moves backward. If he moves sideways, the other guy will move parallel with him. The same rules apply to lightsaber dueling as a whole. Unlike fencing, it's not straight forward and straight back. It's actually done on a full 360 axis. It's a good 10-foot circle that you actually duel on. Another thing is, is there's nothing in the rules that doesn't say that if you can't flip or get under somebody else to get them from behind, there's nothing in the rules that says you can't do it. Depending on the armoring of the person, different types of uh, groups will have different types of armor sets. Like they can have full body, which is, you know, they have the helmets, they have the frontal chest plates groin padding, arms and legs and everything. That's full dual. Uh, Anything and everything is uh, a point. If you can hit them in the head, if you can get them in the leg, it's a point. And it goes to 10. Whoever gets 10 first is the winner of those types of uh, ones. The ones that I do right now are uh, no armored. So that's avoid the face, avoid the groin. And... uh, if you hit those points, that's actually a penalty towards the other person. You'll lose a point to the other person. Gotcha. So how hard are these lightsabers that you're using for combat? Like, is this so I, actually, <laughs> I actually got one here with me. So the uh, blade piece here is actually made of polycarbonate. Uh, if you don't really know what that is, they use this, uh, this same material to glue windshields on uh, vehicles so it's pretty durable and then this one the hilt is actually made of aluminum this is high grade aluminum so these don't really break too much except for like you know fingertips and they're known to actually smash bone and I've actually seen a couple of people a lot of people who haven't actually taken like professional courses or any training at all. Like they skip everything, go and buy one of these things because they see us dueling out and about in the public and they grab one and snap someone's arm because they don't understand that these things are a little bit more dangerous than you really think they are. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, everybody's kind of coming out of a duel with some bruising. Oh yeah. I've, that finger's been broken three times. I've snapped that thumb. Uh, this pinky's been dislocated two or three times. I got a couple of them on the other hand that's uh, been broken and twisted. It just comes with it. 
you get used to it over time. Yeah, that's wild. So you're yeah. saying, you know, you run your own group. Um, yep. Are there like major national competitions? Yes. Um, there are a couple of groups. There's an international group that's called the Saber Legion. They've been around for a long time. However, I wouldn't really recommend them for most listeners. If you've got disabilities or uh, like anything autistics or stuff like that, they may or may not accept you. So realistically, I always say go find a, uh, a local group to get started because some of these bigger groups can be really difficult to get into. It's a lot easier to either find your own smaller groups within the areas or um, create your own little group and just get some uh, tips from an academy. Okay. So if I find an academy in my area, is my first step picking a lightsaber? Uh, most academies that I've uh, I've met actually have spares. Like I've got a, a bag of like 10 of these things that I tote around to uh, my different competitions and different types of training courses and classes. So I usually say, you know, go ahead and find a place that teaches it, get a kind of a feel for it, and then kind of go out and pick out one. Okay. <laughs> so how much, how much exercise am I looking at? Uh, with these things, you'll definitely, it'll take a little bit to actually get used to it. For the first couple of days of actually learning how to do it and everything, it'll feel super heavy in your hands and everything. It'll feel like you're swinging around a, uh, like a bat with a little bit of weight at the uh, front of it. But once you get into it, maybe like six months in, a lot of people tell me about six months in, they actually don't feel the weight of the blade anymore. They've actually gotten it down. And terms of like how much exercise and how much energy you're going to blast through depends on your various styles because there's uh seven different forms of lightsaber combat depending on which one you utilize it, you could either go from like exerting maybe it's a little bit under a walk like a sunday stroll all the way up to like running a marathon depending on how what type of st style you want to utilize and what type of person you are <laughs> yeah i mean it seems like you know with the the arm movement and then stepping sideways and and forward and back i mean it seems like pretty comparable to tennis i would yeah. say so like that's a pretty strenuous exercise i would think yeah. like you're definitely gonna get a workout in so i've got the exercise down i've got my training in i'm ready to pick my own lightsaber what do i need to know about coloring because all I'm familiar with is that red means I'm on the dark side. So actually, um, a fun thing about that is, is red actually stands for passion. Oh. And it's just the Sith quality because Jedi feel passion is something that's forbidden. That's why they don't marry and that's why they don't create relationships. Red is passion. Uh, blue is a guardian. It's somebody who's usually like in the Jedi that they're not very good with 
talking through things. They're not very good at negotiating. They're more oriented on their skill level. That would be a blue. Green is a consoler, which is usually a Jedi who feels the need to use diplomacy and they talk their way out of things. That's that's what a green blade signifies. Purple is a balance. It's right in between the dark and the light. They take the whole uh, the whole force into perspective rather than just the little bits, which is why Mace Windu had the purple lightsaber outside of just because, you know, he wanted a purple lightsaber. Uh, white signifies purity. Yellow is a syndicate. And let's see, what was the last one? Orange is a very popular one. That's another one that's between the lines of syndicate and passion. Gotcha. So a lot yep. to choose from when you're when you're kind of taking yeah. that all into account. And I mean that's just your that's just the blades color. Uh, and then there's all the different types of hilts you can go through. You can get just your single style. The the one that I have here. This is actually a double handhold. Uh, lightsaber so it's actually very easy for me to hold with two hands if I really need to to give myself that extra power but it's also balanced enough to where I can use one hand if I really have to gotcha how long and short do those get uh that depends on the person uh I've seen the saber legion has their own uh make and model from saber forge lightsabers and their hilt styles can go up to 18 inches in length on the uh, hilt and that's just a single blade but then they can go about as short as maybe six inches which is really not as much to work with if (laughs) you're you're a bigger guy like i am yeah so you're definitely not getting a second hand on it (laughs) yeah there's a, a whole bunch of different things and you also got like your traditional styles you can also think of like your if you want a single blade or a double blade like Darth Maul how he's got the two you can have one short and one long so you got one full size blade and one short size blade yeah and where do those like more unique blade styles kind of come into play like, is that well, accepted in any tournament level, or is it just kind of like at your own leisure? Yeah, so within the duelings and everything like that, if it's just one blade, then it's called it's called a singles bracket. Uh, and if it's got like a double blade, if it's hilt is one really long piece, and it's got a shorter end to it, it's called Yuri Staffing. Uh, them and double blades are in a part called the exotics bracket, and that's anything that's not just a traditional one blade. And that can that counts as uh, the the double blades, the nightsticks, the spears, and the whips. All are inside of the exotics brackets. Did I just hear whip? Yep. Okay. Uh, right. Whips uh, can be about ten feet long in length. And uh, the the people that utilize them are one heck of a thing to be reckoned with. Yeah, that sounds... It does take 
it took me about three years to figure out how whips exactly work because they can they can whip it around at one way but then they can just twist their wrist just enough to make it go come back in, <laughs> around in a whole another loop gotcha makes it very hard to defend against i imagine yeah mostly i learned that it's easier just to dodge and get close <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just just move fast so you're talking you know along with kind of finding your athletic ability and and finding you know your lightsaber you have to kind of find a style um, mm-hmm. so what are we looking at as far as styles go well within the seven forms each and every form has its own basis its own style and its own usage i'll just give you a quick rundown and s- summary sure. form one is she cho she chose a traditional style it's also very very similar to what you'd see in japanese swords arts it bases itself on very small movement very easy concepts form two is makashi makashi is very similar to fencing it's also known as its duelist form all it takes is a little bit of good footwork and really tight blade work to utilize that form Form three is Soretsu. Soretsu is all about defense. It creates barriers to control the battlefield. Doesn't really have a lot of offensive, so you got to know another style. Form four, which is actually my personal uh, favorite and my natural form, is actually called Ataru. Ataru is an acrobatic form utilizing a very odd variation of attacks and acrobatics to create confusion on the battlefield form five which is very is very liked by the darth vader uh variations is called xian and dim sao is a strength based technique utilizing stronger attacks to offset your opponent form six is neiman neiman is a balance form it utilizes a lot of odd shape-shifty type of movements you kind of move a lot like a ballerina utilizing this technique but it's really good if you want to get in on difficult situations form seven is called vapod or juyo it is a form that is completely and utterly aggressive its whole form is to just offset someone with powerful combos. It's just attack and attack until they lose their grip or fall over. (laughs) Utilizing any of these seven forms is really what you're looking for. It only takes me about, shoot, maybe 10 minutes with somebody in person to actually figure out their natural form and help them move on from that point to perfect it. Okay. See, yeah. now, now I'm interested. I'm like, well, what am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds fun. And you're, you know, when you describe <laughs> them, when you say, you know, there's seven forms, I'm like, that seems like a lot of styles. But when mm-hmm. you describe what they are, it's like, oh, well, that's not that many styles because each one of those is very unique. Like they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of crossover towards each other. A lot of people do find a way to mix them. Like I'll, I'll mix in between my uh, Form 4's Ataru with my uh, Makashi style. 
uh, if I'm use, utilizing one blade, I can mix between those two. But when I go with a, a double blade, I'll mix between my four and seven because it just gives me a lot more aggression. I don't have to think about creating defenses. I just have to make sure that I knock them off their high horse. Yeah, it kind of leans, the first one leans into that fencing background. and Yep. Nice. And it's always fun if you if you really really get into it and uh, you utilize like a little bit of Neiman with your Shicho the six and the one you don't have to do anything really I've utilized that that form so much it's absolutely hilarious you just stay still and when someone rushes you you just dip down and hit them in the gut and that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of sounds like each form has its own natural enemy. Yeah, uh, I've tried to create a web over and over about like which ones are strong against which and everything, but that's actually been a lot more difficult because it just depends on the user of how good they are with that form. Like, sure, a Neiman could easily take out a, uh, a Taru, but if somebody's really, really good at a taru, it probably wouldn't matter anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not so much rock, paper, scissors and a little more of a an unbalanced <laughs> scale. <laughs> yeah, I've always been like, a whole concept of uh, lightsaber dueling is a lot like chess or checkers. You just got to know how to play your pieces right. It's like, uh, you might not be that good at this certain form, but if you are dueling someone long enough you'll see their tendencies and patterns and you'll find a way around it uh, even if someone's brand new at it and everything if they're good enough at being able to see the pattern of the other person they can get through their defense anyway yeah and that's kind of i guess where that 10 points a match comes in because it like stretches it out just enough that you might turn the whole thing on them Oh, and it does. It's, it is funny. A lot of people actually will see that. And it's always the, the big bad guy who's got, you know, so many years under his belt, the five-year guy thinking that he can tackle the, the one-year guy. <laughs> and th- those one-year guys will really turn the tides. They're getting pretty smart these days. And there's so much more available out there. There's more academies and more people willing to teach what we can do there's so many more new things out there <laughs> sooner or later i'll be out of the game <laughs> all righty well i had a couple of listener questions i think the first one is very reasonable and on topic and they slowly degrade from there <laughs> uh so the first one asks uh why don't jedi turn off their lightsabers mid-fight the funny thing is is i hear that all the time and uh i always tell people they do there has been a couple of uh videos out there that they turn them off and turn them back on in between the fights you ever uh jump into uh star wars the old republic uh the video games uh check out a couple of their cinematics there is a couple of the times when they turn them off and turn them on uh during the fights uh, there's also the video was made by a uh, lightsaber group, and it's called Ferocity, and they actually turned them on and off during the fight and everything. So there are a couple times that they've done it, and it's it's really cool to see. 
But a lot of people's normally asking that question more of like, why don't they turn it off and turn it on after the swing? And um, one of the big things I always say is if some, if my uh, opponent somehow is able to take off their blade and have it back on within a second's notice, I can move that quick as well. I could get them before their uh, light came back on anyway. Uh, being able to shift and s- switch and everything like that, I, it would be sure it would be pretty helpful as like a first timer trick and everything. But with somebody experienced enough in uh, a fight, it wouldn't. Yeah, uh, it would take too long, and they'd be able to be cut down anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Uh, when I saw that. I was like, okay, I mean, there's probably a couple reasons. Number one, either like it leaves you massively open. Yeah. Uh, two, there could be like a refractory <laughs> period where it's like, yeah, I can't just, you can't just turn it off and back on. There is a second, you know, that like it just doesn't turn right back on. Yeah. Um, any number of things like that. Mm-hmm. The next question asked, will learning to lightsaber duel help me with my beat saber ability? Uh, I actually haven't ever played Beat Saber yet, but I do have a couple students that use Beat Saber, and they say that Beat Saber does help them uh, speed up, but I don't think it works the other way around. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I could see that. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, Beat Saber is like Star Wars for a music game in VR. (laughs) It's uh, the... Guitar Hero version of uh, Star Wars, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gives you like, gives you two lightsabers and you cut notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting (laughs) question because I'm like, hypothetically, you could learn how to more efficiently use your twisting motion Mm -hmm. to to play the game. So, sure. (laughs) And then the last one I was not familiar with and had to look up. So I don't know if you'll be familiar with it either. They asked if you had any thoughts on the YouTube channel Airsoft Fatty. Airsoft Fatty. I don't think I've heard of that either. <laughs> it looked, to the most part, when I was looking at it, it looked like amateur kind of front lawn lightsaber combat. <laughs> and it was very dramatic. <laughs> if it's the one that I think of, uh, it may be one of the things that I've, I've followed. I just didn't know the name of it. Sure. But uh, I've always been one big fan of saying, you know, like I, I do follow a lot of these guys like um, like Dorkman. I do like uh, the Dorkman productions and they do amazing jobs with these things and they just do these crazy fights and they edit them out and they're like cutting through walls and everything. It's it's an incredibly awesome. I do enjoy seeing people do that because not only are these guys getting active and they're, you know, staying healthy with themselves and doing something they love, but they also are bringing people into the lightsaber community, which is really fun uh, as well. And it does get people thinking like, oh, you know, I wonder if this is a thing. And someone looks up lightsaber combat and they'll see, like, oh, yeah, it's official sport, and people are actually doing this stuff, and there's tournaments worldwide and all this stuff. There was, like, um, this year, I think they're bringing it back, 
they have 50 Jedi versus 50 Sith, and they get together in this huge field, and they just go at it. And it's insane, and it's awesome. Uh, (laughs) It happens at some sort of crossroads area of uh, the United States. Uh, I've never actually been to it because I'm not, I don't try to eat uh, one way or the next, so I can't really go. But uh, it it is fun. I I do enjoy seeing things like that on the internet where people's just having the time of their lives. Uh, I love cosplay things. Uh, There's actually, there are actually people that do a religion of it. The temples of, uh, there's temples out there of Jedi and Sith. And they uh, actually go by their their rules and physiology, uh, but I do love, yeah, I do love seeing all that type of stuff out there. Awesome. Well, if people are looking to, you know, either learn more about lightsaber dueling <laughs> or they want to, you know, find the things you're doing, uh, where can they look you up and kind of find more content? So, Portside Rogue, Portside Rogues. On Facebook, you can find me there. On uh, and it's not Road; it's Rogue, like a uh, pirate. Yeah, like uh, Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. Uh, yeah, that's one of the things uh, we figured with it. It just made sense. You can find us on um, Portside Rogues is on Facebook. They're on. We're back on Tinder. Uh, not Tinder. Tick. Uh, Elon Musk. What the heck is that? Twitter. <laughs> oh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We got a TikTok. Um, you can look us up on uh, most platforms. We got a YouTube, but it's it's not really as active as it used to be. We should really be getting that up and going again soon. You can find us on there uh, anywhere like that. You can always message the page on Facebook if you actually want to. If you have questions about anything, we'll give you tips. We'll help you out if you want to start your own group. We'll also give you, uh, you know, just shoot us a message and we'll give you all the info you could ever possibly need on how to get, how to find people, how to, you know, market it out. If you want to become an academy yourself, we're actually completely and utterly helpful on trying to help you out and starting that on which way you want to go because there's so many ways to go about doing it and it's crazy you can go the easy route which is get a certification in some sort of swordsman martial art or you can be like me and uh go the painstakingly way of not getting the certification and only going off of the video games and the movies of the seven forms, which is a headache (laughs) because I can't go to YMCA and just teach this stuff because I don't have a certification. So the easy route will give you that, but the hard route is a little bit more fun. (laughs) (laughs) No, sounds like a good time. I've appreciated you you coming on the show and, and teaching everybody about this. Of course, I've enjoyed uh, talking to you about it and helping whoever it, uh, whoever listens to this and decides, hey, I really want to get into this and stuff like that. Hey, you never know. I might see one of these students or podcast listeners in the Olympics. 
That's right. You never know. <laughs> Which, by the way, if this show is what gets you into the Olympics, I better be seeing a show sticker on your gear bag somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We'll have it. We'll have it on the armor plating, just right. dumb enough, like a sponsor <laughs> ad. <laughs> all righty, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you for listening, Padawans. I hope you enjoyed the bonus show this week. Share the show, rate it, all that. You know the gimmicks. No extra stuff at the end of this episode. Just go out and enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you back here for another topic next week. Bye bye.